The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 33 of the MXY Show. We're still alive and finally we can see some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm James Burford of MX Vice and with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips and Rob from Jukebox Beats. Uh, I'm in a studio once more and the guys are located at home doing our social distancing. And uh, the show today is brought to you by Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and of course, evenstrokes.com. Uh, it's uh, really good, as always, to have these guys behind us. Uh, any appreciation you can show by following their pages, visiting their websites is always good. So, Lewis, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. We're a day closer to racing, I guess. So that's something. And uh, I say there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel because there's a couple of practice tracks open now in the UK. and. Some of the Dutch riders are back riding, so there is a glimmer of hope. Yeah, the light for me is Supercross, because people being able to go to practice tracks does nothing for me, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at least we've got some kind of action going on in the next two weeks. And um, on, on, on that sort of note, what is, for people who don't know, maybe they've been in a cave, maybe they are in a cave, um, the last couple of weeks, what is the situation over in America with the Supercross? How, how is it going to run? Well, seven rounds in Utah, which originally it was um, Arizona was on the cards. And then Houston was a backup at one point. Uh, Vegas was mentioned as a backup at one point. St. Louis was mentioned. And then out of nowhere last week, Utah popped up, which isn't um, overly surprising because the governor of Utah, I think he's the governor of Utah, or maybe he's the governor of Salt Lake City. He's something like that. He's really into sports. Right. And like, was a big part of getting the Nitro World Games to Utah and is a big part of getting Supercross there. So okay. when you look at it from that point of view, it isn't that big a surprise that Supercross is going to Utah. Like That's part of the reason why the last round was going to be there this year anyway, aside, uh, as opposed to Vegas, as it normally is, because like Utah pushes for Supercross because it's a big entity for them. Okay, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, Supercross is back. Sunday, the 31st of May, and then from then, Sunday and Wednesday, Sunday and Wednesday, until June the 21st, I think the last one is. I think the first couple are east, then there's west, and then the last one's an east-west shootout. But the best news, which I'm very excited about, is um, if I've done my math correctly, the first round is live at 8 p.m. UK time. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay, that'd be nice. Now... I don't necessarily trust my math. But <laughs> yeah, I don't either. As my dream my entire life has been able to sit down and watch Supercross at the Supercross time. Like, I've, like even when I was in America this year, there was a part, like, as I was sat at a stadium, there was a part of me that was a bit disappointed, but I couldn't sit at the hotel and watch it on TV because I've always wanted to have that experience of, like, watching Supercross at the time of Supercross, if that makes sense. Uh, it would only make sense to you, buddy. Um, oh, I'd just be okay. Happy yeah. Well, I've always just wanted that. Like, I've always wanted to be out because every time, like, got to stay up until three a.m. to watch Supercross or one a.m. to stay, like, so the fact of being able to watch it at the Supercross time is quite exciting for me. But the times differ throughout. But um, that is the first one. I know that at least, and I think there's a couple more. So they're going to conclude. Um... The series, as they, they were going to before coronavirus hits, hit us? Yep. Still seven rounds. So, wow. And it, when you look back on the series in 10 years' time and you've forgotten that coronavirus was a thing, or maybe you haven't forgotten, who knows? Um, the standings will show 17 rounds worth of points, and it, from that point of view, it probably won't look any different, like, unless you can obviously remember how it all went down. So that's good, preserving the history somewhat. Cool. Cool. Yeah. 
think it's cool. Well, it's for us. It's it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? It's 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 a step to getting back to normality, which I think everybody out there at the moment they kind of need that. They need to feel like is yeah, excuse the pun, but the wheels are starting to turn. Yeah, and uh, just to go back to what I was saying before, the first round or the round eleven or whatever, the first round back starts at three p.m. Eastern time, which is eight p.m. English time. Which means I'm right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because ET is Eastern time, though. No? Yeah, that's correct. And that's five. Well, there you go. 8 p.m. Sunday the 31st. Um, yeah, Supercross is on. What a time to be alive. And uh, obviously, the, the only way you can, you we're going to be able to get that in Europe is through um, the, the live online package. Yeah, supercrosslive.tv. Uh, I don't actually know how much it is or whether they're going to do a special package for the last seven rounds, maybe, but. It's honestly the best on-demand thing you can buy. Like, it's impeccable. I, from what It's weird. Even when they first started it, I kept seeing people pop up on our Facebook saying they were having issues and everything. I've never had a problem with it from day one. I mean, uh, like, the quality's uh, always been amazing. The sound's always... Like, I don't, know why I, I don't know why I don't have issues, but it's always been perfect for me. Yeah, I had a couple of issues, but it quickly sort of sorted itself out. I think probably maybe it was down to user as well. But um, I think I paid around about £100 to start of the year. And um, I think it's, it's, it's worth the money. So, oh, especially at this time. Jesus, I would pay. I was going to say, if anybody out there wonders whether we get any free stuff, yeah, we do get some free stuff. But at the same time, um, I, you know, I have no problem with paying for stuff when I feel it's worth it. Well, I actually got the Supercross Pass for free, but James, unfortunately, has not. So, Yeah. Although I did, I did offer him my account when I was at Anaheim 1, like I told him my login details, and then two minutes later, he just messaged me saying, oh, it's pissing me off, I've paid. So <laughs> That would be my user issue. Yeah, because he was yeah, trying to log in and couldn't. And I don't cool. regret that. It's, it's, and it's the same with um, NBC with Promo Across. I purchased that one as well. So, um, I, 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 it, hey, it's when you think about the cost of other things, coffees and God knows what else we've been spending our money on over the years, you know, paying for that, for that quality of um, racing, it's not really a, a choice, is it? Yeah, and it's not even like we're coming back to a boring series. Like, we're basically coming back to round one because there's only three points between Tomac and Roxon. So, like, that's amazing. The West isn't... I think the West is seven points, maybe ten, but that's low. Uh, the East is a bit of a snoozer because Septon's kind of got it under control, but still, like, it's that good. Like, it's not like we're just going to play out these seven rounds. We all know what's going to happen, but let's just see. Um, it's actually, like, very worth tuning into. And also, another interesting thing is Salt Lake City has delivered carnage over the years. I, to be honest, I was Did a bit... I've never been... that or not? <laughs> well, no, like, last time we, that we... I say we. Obviously, that's the American in me just wishing I was part of the we. The last time that they were there was um, 2018. Anderson was basically in position to lock the title up and he crashed in the first corner and blew a couple of spokes out and then had to pull in, change a wheel. Like, so that was carnage. And um, also another one, funnily enough, uh, 2013, Tomac and Roxham were going after the uh, West title, 250 West title. And yeah. Roxham, I think, Roxon crashed, I believe, in the first turn in his heat race and his LCQ. He definitely crashed in the first turn of the LCQ. But either way, he crashed in both of the heat and the LCQ and didn't qualify, which was, like, insane, obviously. And then Tomac had a very Tomac ride in the main event and dropped to, like, 10th or something to utter carnage. So there's actually, like, a little bit of history there as well with uh, Tomac, Roxon title fights. Who knew? Yeah, the only thing that disappoints me a bit, though, about it is when it was going to be Arizona, I've actually been to that one, and that is my favourite event of the year full stop because the stadium's amazing the track's amazing the area's amazing all of that uh, obviously it's a football stadium it's a bigger track um, just everything's bigger better I don't actually know what they use Rysecle Stadium for but it's smaller floor space it's a smaller track and the dirt's a bit meh okay like I went back and watched the, the highlights from 2018 and I was like oh that dirt like not so good but it is what it is we're getting racing so who cares yeah, no one cares. I feel like I bored you there. I feel like you didn't want that. I do feel like you didn't want a history or something. No, it's fine. Really. I think everybody oh. um, everybody has a choice wherever they want to switch off listening to you. Um, 
reminisce about Utah or, or not. So um, that's that's what the volume uh, is for. So um, it's good that you're that passionate about Utah and uh, the knowledge you possess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can confirm that I have looked at flights to Utah. <laughs> and I can confirm that, as far as I know from Google, Donald Trump is still not letting us into his country. So Really? I think he's doing his best to try and get you back there. Well, I appreciate that from him. Top effort, as always. So in over in Europe at the moment, obviously, uh, the talk is about the, the World Championship. We've had uh, another calendar change in the last seven days. And um, there's rumours that they're... They're working towards getting some more information mid-June and then the possibility that, um, you know, there will be more changes. Um, but it sounds like that they could be going down to about 10 to 12 rounds. Yeah, what interest... This all comes from um, an email that Infront Motor Racing sent to team managers and team coordinators after the calendar last week because I think as we kind of covered on the podcast, it was a bit of a not a crazy calendar it was a bit of a confusing calendar because there were 13 weekends in a row with china and russia and there were tbas on the end and where are they going to go in and all of this so they uh, in front moto racing kind of sent a bit of an open letter to the teams that said like this isn't the final calendar we still don't know what the situation is but they expect by june the 15th for everything to have calmed down enough where each country, the governments in each country, et cetera, et cetera, can outline a bit of a plan, which will then let in front make an educated calendar that is more reminiscent, not reminiscent, more similar to what the final version will be. But, um, but I'll tell you what, actually, on that note, fair play to both failed and in front, because I feel like as far as communication goes and like handling this situation, I feel like they've both been pretty on it. Like even, like I say us as media, but even like the general fan, I feel like they're getting a lot of information out. Like it's not like they're just sat quietly waiting for it all to blow over. No, they're they're literally trying to keep everybody engaged, keep everybody up to date with what's happening and to, to know that they're behind the scenes trying to work hard, but we're obviously restricted by different governments in, you know, in, in, in different different kind of medical um, information they're receiving and how they're going to run those events in the future. But I think it's a, a wise choice to reduce for, to, to down to 10 to, 10 to 12. We, we talked on last week's show about the, the cost of um, these events for the teams and, and, and the promoters and stuff like that. And I think this is a very sensible but logical decision. Yeah, the only thing that I'm not actually 100% sure on is it said 10 to 12 rounds. Is that including the two we've already done? Or will they do 10 to 12 more? I think it'll be 10 to 12 more. Which would yeah, make that would... 14... Um, 13, 14, roughly. Yeah, around about that sort of series, which I think is, is good enough. Yeah, well, as I've said countless times, that's so close to what we had once. So it, it used to be normal. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I think that put everyone's minds at rest a little. It also said that of course, the calendar will not include countries that are difficult to go to. Now, I would presume that means based on government restrictions. I don't know if if uh, China, for example, is saying, "Yeah, we're only we're not letting anyone in." They're not going to just hope to host an event and like, well, turn up and see if they let you in, see what happens. Yeah. So that means that there could be a lot change, lot a lot of change there. I wouldn't rule out um, still. Argentina and China and you know Indonesia those those races just being wiped from the calendar no I still think Argentina has to go ahead I just think for economical reasons I think that's they'll either put it on hold for for 12 months or or whatever but I I I just think asking the teams and asking the riders to to go that far and spend that much money is just not in line with um coming out of and a lot of these countries are going to be facing recession oh yeah for sure so, so i i just think that okay that even though they those countries might be open for business say with um borders and stuff like that it's whether you know the teams and the people can afford um to do this because the decisions that they make now are going to reflect on uh, the series next year 
So, yeah, and obviously, I think the the overriding theme with everyone is everyone wants to start twenty twenty one with a clean slate. No one wants there to be like oh, like a hangover from this, which there may have there could have been had Supercross happened in the fall or even later, or if MXGP had gone to January or February next year, like you know, so. But that's yeah. what we will. That's the kind of a common goal. And also, it helps um, now that we've got Supercross up and going. Um, we we start to see some countries relaxing uh, their restrictions. We also are seeing bums on bikes and stuff like that now at practice tracks. It's good, it's obviously good for the sport, good for the economy, and things are starting to, to trickle forward. However, that's going to help with the contract situations both over in America and in Europe for some of the riders because the money's going to start to flow again. Yeah, for sure. And um, all this is going to have a knock-on effect. One thing that I do think's happened, this is actually evidence of how quickly things are changing. Last uh, Monday or Tuesday, the idea of double headers kind of came out. And I almost feel like that's already now on the back burner. Like no one's talking about that now. I feel like, it, I feel like things are changing so quick, but that, ra- that radical idea that could have been the solution yeah. is now just forgotten about because everything is changing day by day, hour by hour. Like there's no way to plan. And it's just impossible. It's an impossible situation, but there's a global pandemic. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Best, best of a bad situation, which is what I think everybody's trying to do, which is sensible. Well, uh, on that note, yeah. the, the biggest thing to come of, actually, before we do get onto the MXO, and I guess we should continue with what it said about GPs. Uh, yeah. One of the ideas that have been one of the ideas that's been proposed to the FIM is running EMX and WMX on Saturday, and then MXGP and MX2 on Sunday only, with one free slash time practice in the morning for qualifying, and then two motos which would go off at the normal time, therefore preserving TV contracts and TV slots and stuff like that. And the media guy in me thinks yeah. this could be amazing. Because hundred every MXGP and MX2 rider will be at the track on Saturday because they'll be watching EMX races, seeing our track forms, stuff like that. Um, which means that maybe the door will be open to new content ideas and diff- doing different things with the riders, which I think is what MXGP needs more than anything because I think getting the personalities out there is kind of a bit of a necessity with the current crop of mxgp riders yeah i mean you spoke about that on previous podcast shows and, and that is the difference at the moment between america and europe where um maybe the formats lend itself but obviously the, the you know what they do with the press and the media and uh in the background those riders are finding it a lot easier to um you know take the time express ideas and, and, and be able to do more, much more with with media where it's literally all go, isn't it? On a on a weekend, we we get to see some of the riders on a Friday. However, everybody's rushed from getting in from, you know, traveling, and then Saturday they're riding, and, and Sunday they're riding, and pretty much Sunday night they're out, they're gone. And not only that, this could also kind of help give the current or the next generation of EMX riders, WM, or not so much WMX, but like up and coming EMX riders are then going to get more attention because if we're going to be at the track on a Saturday, we've got no choice but to pay attention to what's going on in EMX and cover that. And then, so then they get more um, kind of uh, coverage on MX Vice and other websites. And also I'd imagine more fans would tune in to watch for races on MXGP TV on Saturday because there's no other thing going on. So mm-hmm. this could actually benefit everyone. And truthfully, but in the email, it says that this won't. This is just a temporary solution, and it will go back to normal in 2021. I would not be surprised if half of the riders are like kind of petitioning for this to become the norm, because if anything, everyone says there's too much riding at a GP. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm a great believer in this because I just find the Saturday just, uh, I just doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think it offers anything because. The track changes and the weather changes from day to day. The racing changes. And, and I think I'd love to see a statistical review about how the riders place on their times and placings on a Saturday compared to a Sunday because you always see different 
people qualifying in, in, in positions and stuff like that. So I don't, I, I just, and we've always said it for, well, I've already said it from the start. What the hell is a qualifying race for? Like why, why have a qualifying race? That, that, that just needs to go. Yeah. Well, it should just be down to time qualifying. Yeah. But then I was, when it was just time qualifying, I was the fan or the young fan who probably didn't have the most, uh, the greatest attention span, and I was over seeing people do practice laps by the end of Saturday. I was desperate for racing. But it should only be 20 minutes, 20 minutes to get your fastest lap in, um, and that should be done on a Sunday morning. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, forget, forget riding. I, li- I like the idea of forgetting riding on a Saturday. Like you say, focus on the EMX, WMX, um, whatever else you need to focus on a Saturday. Get those guys there, sharing the limelight, more coverage, and then on a Sunday is just total um, total MXGP MX2. And this does work because, off the top of my head, the last time that we had that would have been Charlotte in 2016, and no one complains. No one says, "Oh, it was terrible. We didn't have enough like bike time." So, mm. obviously, Matali this year was kind of it, but there was still a qualifying session on Saturday. Um, Indonesia 2017, the first one at Pankow Penang. There was still a qualifying session on Saturday, I believe. So Charlotte was the last time we had just a Sunday schedule. And ah, oh, Charlotte, what a race. But, yeah. oh, going there again. Yeah, I think this is, uh, I think this is, I, I, I hope it's a success and, and, and they embrace it. Because in, in, I, I think also, I think it's a little bit stale as well, the format. And I think this break is kind of, um, when you sort of look on it, and look back, I think we are due now for some changes in MXGP to like change it around a little bit. No, I, think, I disagree. I think the format's fine. No, I, I think they need to get rid of the, the Saturday racing. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, but you've got to think about it from a fan's perspective as well. If you told fans, yep, you're only going to GP on a Sunday now, that, t- that takes away the camping element. That takes away a lot of the fun of it. Right, okay, look at it from this perspective, and, and I'll, I'll go back to being a fan in, in, through 2007 to 2011, or, I don't know, 2005 or whatever, I, used, I was going to GPs and um, Nations, but when you went there, you, you know, on, on the Saturday, you didn't really watch that much racing, you didn't really care who was racing, because you're there to have some fun, have a few drinks, enjoy yourself, have a bit of a laugh on the Saturday night. And then it was kind of nursing a hangover on a Sunday and, um, you know, watching the, the riders on a, on a Sunday. I, I, I think that is what, you know, I don't know if that's a typical English culture or whatever, but. No, but you're I saying think... that as a single, as a single fan, as a, as a guy who was a single fan who was there purely to mess around and have a drink. Oh, and, and, and use it as an, uh, so basically it was a, is a great opportunity to go away with friends and everything else. I mean, the the people who who go to do that and actually sort of go there to enjoy the racing is is a lot more than people who will literally go to all twenty rounds to watch. Well, I don't think anyone's going to do that, are they? No. So it's like each. Well, like no, but who's going to who's got the money to go to every twenty rounds to watch? Well, but why would you want to go to Latvia on a Saturday when there's nobody? Nobody even goes there on a Saturday. Okay, okay then. Uh, alternative argument. And this, this, I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be arguing this because I agree that it's a good solution for this year, but you're saying it should be the solution forever. Yeah. And if English fans who fly to Latvia, would yeah. they not be less likely to do so if it was just a day event? Because what's the point in going all that way for a day event? But it's not a day event because if you're seeing a lot of... So if you're a British fan, you're going to Latvia to watch racing, yeah? You get yeah. to see a lot of the British riders and up-and-coming youth riders who are going to be the next generation of GP stars on the Saturday. So it's like it's a double whammy. No, I don't think I don't think there's enough people to care, unless you. Unless, I think I I would say fifty has gotten to the point where enough people care about it. But for the rest, unless you've got someone invested, like you're invested in someone who's racing, then no one would care. No. Like, okay, because there's going to be okay, this sound. Okay, it sounds amazing because one day, one round, there'll be a Saturday that has EMX one two five and EMX two fifty, which is like the golden ticket. That's amazing. There will be other rounds where the Saturday is EMX 2T and WMX. And the silence says it all. You just go to the pub. 
wander around the pits, you know, go and buy some merchandise. There's lots of stuff to do. I, I, I believe, I 100% believe it's the right solution for this year, but I do not think it should change beyond that. To be fair, um, the WMX, there was some good racing the last couple of years. So, right, really? Um, yeah. when, did, when did you watch? Uh, I watched a lot of battles between uh, Fontanese, Pappenmeyer, uh, Duncan. Um, yeah, so there we go. And obviously, um, was it Van der Ven? Yeah, Nancy Van der Ven. Great rider. Just pulled, just pulled up the WMX century list. No, no, no. I know the, 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 the top four, top five in WMX. They're good. Really good. Oh, oh. So what, 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 does, what are you trying to say about the rest? No, I'm just like saying with the men's, you're like, you know, years ago, you could say that the, the it's top fine. It's fine. It's fine. Stop, stop, stop yourself. It's fine. I'm just justifying my, uh, anyway. here's a ladder. Here's a ladder. You climb yourself out of that hole and let's move on. Oh, you're the person who, who literally built the hole. <laughs> yeah, I pushed you in, but then I saved you. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, to, to be honest, it's my opinion. I don't know if anybody else shares the same opinion. I mean, that's for people who are listening. They can kind of think whatever, you know, that's up to them. But I quite, I just quite like, I just, I just find the Saturdays, yeah, it's a great, it's great to, but all you're doing is watching GP stars, no offense, but just like literally just wander around. Yeah, but as a, no, because there's a qualifying race with, there's a qualifying race, which is the main event. Well, but it's. On the Saturday. But we've talked about this. The, the qualifying race is a nothing race. It doesn't matter. You're not getting any no. points. People go for it. I'm sure they do, but they go for it for no, you know, literally for no reward. They didn't get prize money for it. You didn't get um, points for well, it. Well, they, they, in front, wanted to give them points, but no one wanted them. But the, the points were only for the top ten. Uh, I think it was top five. Well, there we go. So, so for it... Look, look at how it is at the moment. It's just, that'd be ridiculous. That's no good. You, you, either, you either have a points race on a Saturday or no race at all, no qualifying race. Because why, why would you, like, think about the amount of people that have injured themselves in a qualifying race for what? Yeah, 2015 was especially bad for that. Exactly. So it's like... Nagel uh, went out in the qualifying race. I believe Crowley went out in the qualifying race at Majora. Uh, DeSalle did himself in on the Saturday in Villas, I believe. So. But why, 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 as a rider, would you want to nail yourself on a Saturday? Well, they just need to learn some self-control then. Well, no, I just think, get rid of it. Get rid of the racing on a Saturday. Is that, yeah, but this is just because you find it hard to get a weekend away from the family, so it'll make it easier on you. Well, there we go. That's another, um, that's another thing to think about with fans. No, because no, if you take it away completely, how would the British GP survive without as many camping passes and, and without as many weekend tickets? And You're like, not going re- to reduce the camping. People may not go no, down. No, not that. as many people will camp. Pe- people still pay money to go camping on a Saturday night as well as going on Friday and Saturday night. It, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, and most know. people will go and camp. If they're, if they're going down to camp and have fun, they'll still go down on a Friday anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think your comeback is weak. Okay, well, I accept that. I'll take that on actually, the chin. I was going to say, have you actually ever camped? Yes. Yeah, but over the age of ten. Uh, yeah. Last time, last time I camped would have been twenty twelve, and I would have been. I don't know how old would I have been. All right, here's another question. 15, when was the last 16? time? When was the last time you went to a GP uh, and held a can of beer with your mates? Um, well, I have to go with you now, and you're not a mate, so that makes it difficult. <laughs> okay, good answer. Um, right, we're going to go for a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk MXON, and also I want to talk about uh, the practice tracks and bits and pieces opening as well. So um, big thanks to Seven, Talon, Yoko. Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and evenstrokes.com. And uh, appreciate the support. As you're taking this time away from uh, us, have a look on their website, especially evenstrokes.com, and we'll see you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. 
Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the MX Vice Show. Really good to have some great brands on board. Uh, I think last year we had uh, about three or four people. Now we've got seven uh, great brands behind us. Uh, speaking of seven, we have got seven motocross kit, as you probably know, one of the industry's leaders in uh, race kit. Fantastic to have Dennis and Roger and the team at seven behind the show. Uh, if you didn't already know, we still have uh, MX Manager with the seven kits to win. Uh, there's James Stewart signed shirts. And we're still, hopefully, if this lockdown, you know, can be sort of worked out and, and we can carry on going forward, then hopefully we, we'll still have the James Stewart ride day. But obviously that all depends on, that's kind of out of our hands at the moment, but it's, you know, we still really, really want to make that happen this year. And also, if, if it's probably been a long time, but uh, we still have the bikes, which you can win through MX Manager. So even though MX Manager is is not on at the moment, we will be giving those bikes away this year. So um, when the GPs kick kick back up and running, uh, we'll be running MX Manager, and you've got a chance to win the bikes. If you haven't done so already, you can sign up to MX Manager, and you can pay twelve pounds. The twelve pounds literally goes towards uh, for us buying the bikes because we have to buy the bikes, and um, also it helps running the cost of uh, MX Vice, uh, the day to day runnings and everything else difficult time so things like mx manager and buying the mx vice t-shirt really does help us uh carry on do the podcast show uh run the website and um and run the business day to day so everybody who's 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 helped us so far honestly we are indebted uh we got some cool new things coming out um we're currently working on a patreon account which you guys can sign up for uh lewis and myself will be doing some exclusive stuff uh, along with some of the other guys from MX Vice, and we're going to be offering you a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. And again, we're going to be releasing some limited-edition T-shirts, which only Patreon people can get. So again, it's not very much money. It just helps us sort of tick over with the business and um, obviously gets a bit of a hard time now with um, advertising. Every pe- people looking at advertising is the first thing they're going to cut as a business cost. And unfortunately, sometimes that comes down to us. So without your help, um, you know, we're, we're, it's kind of a struggle. So thanks to Seven, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Henson, KYB, and of course, Evenstrokes.com. If you're looking to purchase any race kit or parts, head over to Evenstrokes.com. They do literally do delivery to America, France, Sweden, everywhere in the world. So um, if, if you're listening to this and you're from somewhere and you want a T-shirt, then uh, there's prices for delivery on there. For the UK, obviously, the delivery is free. Lewis, good to be back after the break. And yes. um, I wanted to talk to you about MXOM because 
Uh, part of the email you mentioned, there was some talk about how uh, the Motocross of Nations is going to feature uh, this year, and it looks a lot different. Yeah, so the um, the crux of what's going on is that potentially, this is all like ideas that have been proposed to the FIM, so nothing's actually officially confirmed yet, but obviously it's leaked a fair amount. So the idea is that the, M- uh, the MXON will count for MXGP points and MX2 points, obviously. So that's kind of a solution to the problem of people, A, not wanting to race in the middle of the season, and B, not, if they are racing, not giving their all, which is a good thing. Because that, to begin with, that was the biggest worry that everyone had. No one was going to show up, and if they did show up, they wouldn't care enough to even try. Right, so okay. effectively, that would be solved. Right. Unfortunately, this goes much further than that. There were, obviously, this, this was just mentioned as an idea, so there was no clarification on points. But if you want to look at it like that, there are questions about how gate pick will work. Because obviously, with, mate, with countries, um, if you qualify on pole, one rider gets first gate pick, the other gets 21st. Yeah. So you're not going to tell Hurlins that um, Moose Dyke's having the first gate pick. You're going all the way out to 21st. Good luck with your MXGP title hopes. That's not going to work. Yeah, I didn't actually think about that. That's a good point. Uh, two is who pays. Because the issue that's come up more and more lately is this confusion about who pays for what are the nations between teams and federations, which also rolls into the confusion about sponsor logos that we've seen with France and stuff. So, Jesus, yeah. technically, it's still the nations. So the argument still goes that you're representing your country. But at the end of the day, Red Bull KTM need Tom Vial there for the GP points. So the Federation could easily go, well, it's basically a GP, so you'll be there anyway. But then if they, if they run it, if they say that, then KTM will go, okay, no FFM logos then. Yeah. And then it's a, it's a kind of a roundabout. This is going to open up a whole minefield. Well, that point, as I say that out loud, that point maybe isn't that big an issue because, okay, there's trouble. Tom Vial gets entered as a wild card. So he isn't racing for France. He's just out there. So that's kind of, I guess that should be mentioned. That's one of the points here is that if you're not selected for your country, then you can, if you've, I think the criteria will be if you've scored a certain, a good amount of MXGP points. or if you, if you can prove that you're effectively a real competitor and you're actually doing the MXGP series, then you can be entered as a wild card, which basically means you're out there for yourself, which is quite an interesting addition to the nations because you could have a wild card beating all of their country, like stealing points. A wild card, if Tom Vial's a wild card, not racing for France, but riding for himself. Well, could, could be riding for the title. Well, not that. He could technically cost France a victory by making a pass at a certain point. Yeah. Like, it's a real, honestly, I've given this some thought already. I, as someone at the side of a track trying to communicate this to people at home, I have no idea how it would be possible because there would be an MXGP series going on out there. There would be a country fight going on out there. Then you've got wild, like, it would just be a lot. Yeah. It would be a very confusing weekend. But, so that's another thing I thought of. And the other one is classes because traditionally, the, the open rider on the 450, so the second 450 rider for a country, will get the easier race, which is MX2 and open. Yeah. For instance, um, in 2014 in Latvia, Strybos was the open rider for Belgium and won that second moto. Would Strybos have won either other moto? Probably not, because the MXGP class is normally the most stacked. Yeah. So, surely... If Slovenia put Geyser in open and the Netherlands put Hurlings in MXGP, Geyser has a better shot at scoring more points on that day, I would think. Because if it is run like a traditional nations, Hurlings would have the MXGP and MX2 moto, which is a bit harder. Because if Karoli's in MXGP, that's an it. That sends someone for Hurlings to go up against. Whereas if Karoli, Prado, and everyone are all in the MXGP class, then when it comes time for the MX2 and Open Moto, Geyser's got no competition. So that's an easy 25 points. I would love to have been a fly on the wall 
when they had this conversation and tried to work out. As I'm saying that, I realise I'm not even really making sense because it's a lot. Yeah, but it's 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 just like it's too much. It, like there's this this just can't work. I would think if this happens, and it's ifs at this stage, it's ifs. If this happens, then they would have to do away with the MXGP, MX2, and open classes. I would think, and you would, and you would have to do it. I'm not even sure how what the solution to that would be. You would have to do two classes, MXGP and MX2, as normal. Maybe each country sends two riders each. Maybe that's the solution because that could actually work. Each yeah. rider sends. Each rider sends. There you go. You have two classes, MXGP and MX2. Each country selects two riders. On the day, you have four motos as normal, two MX2, two MXGP. And then there's no confusion about gate pick because you qualify, you line up as you qualified in your class because there's no mix. So that's maybe a solution. That's off the top of my head. I haven't even given that some thought. So maybe that's the answer. Or maybe there is actually a much simpler explanation to this that we're just missing because all the details haven't been shared because it's all whips. But you'd also, you might have, um, you know, as well, is you might have double-headed classes where some riders might ride a 250 and 450. Huh? <laughs> so, so like, like say, if, if they go down to two, but even if they st- stuck at three, then there could be a rider who, say, doing a 250 to get his 250 points in the World Championship, but then might go in a 450 race on a 450 bike to represent his country. Well, that would just be a case of, I'm sure at that point, then the team, the rider, when asked by the team manager, would you be willing to ride open for your country? They would go, no. I'd imagine that's, I'd imagine yeah, that's but... what would just happen there. And they'll have to, you'll have to put riders in the car on the bikes that they've raced all year, which isn't that big an issue. I just can't see, and maybe my limited brain can't cope with this, but I just can't see how this is going to work. I think. I truly think there probably is a solution that we I feel I feel like we're probably overcomplicating it to an extent. They must have gone into a room and smoked so many drugs to even come up with the perfect scenario. Well no, I don't think they have the perfect scenario yet because this email effectively had a list of ideas that will be proposed to the FIM. So it's not none of this has been approved or I imagine even thought about in as much thought as we're giving it. So, because it's it's literally just an idea, something this may happen. Consider it. So, I'm a huge fan of the, the nations. It is my favorite, just most amazing event of the year. However, I think this is going to turn into a shit show if they do this. I'd rather have no nations than actually do what they're proposing. This would obviously explain why Saint Jean was cancelled, because effectively this will be the French GP as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's definitely going to be an interesting one. And you, t- you can't argue with this without, if they'd run the MXON as the MXON this year, there would have been lower interest. This, I would think, would add a lot of interest because people would, it's new, it's exciting. And also, reading between the lines, I would imagine this is them bracing for no team USA. Yeah. And no Wilson, and no Anstey, and no Musquin, and no Ferrandis, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I doubt, I don't know, Would that, maybe they've had communication. Maybe a decision hasn't been made yet, because who knows? There isn't even a definitive outdoor schedule at the moment in America, so maybe the outdoors don't even run. Not that that would actually benefit Team USA at the Nations, because I imagine they just wouldn't send a team, because they wouldn't be riding motocross. No. Um, but, yeah, so... My head hurts a little bit, to be honest. My, mine too. I, in, I actually don't know where to take this. Can we just end now? I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm trying to, you know, think of different ways and out of points and, and whether it's two riders or three riders or whether you have two 450 riders in an in, in MXGP class and then one in MX2. So you can still have three riders. And then from a nation's point of view, you could drop then the worst score of the free riders that would make sense to me but you you, you couldn't have the, the the open class at all because that just chucks a massive spanner in the works 
I was going to, before I said two riders, MXGP and MX2, I was going to say two in MXGP, but then the reason I stopped myself is would that not mean there are too many riders in MXGP and not enough in MX2? Um, I guess so, but I get there's nothing stopping you from. I guess you 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 have to. It is only one two fifty rider and two four fifty, so that is the only way that you could do that. But maybe have fifty on the line, not forty. What? No, no, no. We're not putting. This isn't Western Beach race. Okay. Oh, have you seen the track changes at Erno? No. Changed quite a lot. You know the old school. Um, the tight layout yeah what is now a massive uphill triple so it, it th- this is on the side where Anstey had his big off no this is you know when you go along the bottom effectively the only flat bit on the track yeah you now just keep going straight and hit a massive uphill triple okay I'll send you the video yeah if you could that'd be good is it on MX Vice no it's just on Zach Pichon Zach Pichon social media Okay. Because I'm not... I, I had a big dilemma with myself about whether to share that on MX Vice. I'm not going to become one of those websites that literally chucks up anything. Like, yeah. any... Like, Jesus. Some of the stuff I've seen, like, any... Like, oh, I've got one line from a rider here. That's a, like, there you go. That's a bit story. Like, no. No, no. We're not... MX Vice is never going to become that. It is a difficult it is a difficult period for everybody and I can I can understand why some people want to you know just kind of share and do everything just to to keep their site alive but I just you know we we're a little bit different we'd rather have no, no visitors than show people shit I want to I want to have a reputation for doing things properly that's basically all I've ever cared about That's cool. got deep didn't it didn't that get Yeah deep? let's let's move on from that oh. I'm going to get a headache so, yeah, which actually, when I saw that, I was like, wow, Ernay have obviously put a lot of investment into changing the track, thinking that they were hosting a normal nation. Wow. Okay. So one thing, uh, so, so obviously this, this is obviously not set in stone, is it? This is just a tentative email, what's gone round to teams yeah. and stuff like that. The, the word used was proposed changes. So, no, not even that, because that's past tense, as if they've been proposed. The words used were will be or could be proposed or we will propose, you know, like so it's not even got to the point where it's been proposed yet. Okay. So obviously the teams are riders. Everybody has to have some input into this as well. Uh, Yeah. Well, and just an idea, I think, for budgets and stuff like that. And, you know, they just need to know the direction that the ship's sailing. Okay. Um, So is there... Anything else you want to discuss, or are we quite happy with this and move on to questions? Let's move on to questions, because we could talk about stories from MXGP and that, but I guess we're going to do that next week. Yeah. Okay. So our questions are brought to us by Liat. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. That's the first week you've remembered to say that without me prompting you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm getting there, mate. It's only took 33 episodes. So, Lewis, have we got some questions this week? I'm hoping we've got we, questions. We do have questions because that would be quite embarrassing. If not, after introducing the questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt Jones on Facebook said, I thought your idea of four rounds in July was the best idea. Thank you. That was my idea. Wow. After the cancellation of another two British rounds, is that chucking the towel in? I think they have to do that because I've seen the ACU email today, which is basically saying they are not going to be doing any um, events until July the 3rd, I think I read. Well, one, one of the events that was cancelled was June. So that was always going to go. Yeah. So that, that was always a non-starter. I think the other one was July the 12th. And maybe that was a bit surprising. Yeah, that's a little bit premature. Maybe because... Um, but then that's a bit close to July the 4th, isn't it? What what track right. was that? Cullum. They're not really going to know the government restrictions until July the 3rd. And at that point, how do you put on an event in eight days and put in the restrictions and everything else? Yeah. So that, that, that's a, com- I guess it's common sense. Yeah. As, as but, now, but now the 
MXGB calendar just has Landrakers round eight on there. So there's a one at the moment. There's only one round in place. So maybe that's all you need. Well, I think I saw that the French Championship is only one round this year. Wow! Imagine if someone has a bad race. Well, you just DNF. <laughs> but then again, if you have a great race, do you really feel proud of yourself for winning yeah. the French Championship? Yeah, but yeah, I that's wouldn't. An interesting one. Um, yeah, so the British Championship then is it's not looking too good for it this year. Well, no, 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 no. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it is. How can you say that? Think about it. It's, if if you've got MX, um, if you've got MXGP running um, on so many weekends, how is the British going to fit into this? Well, if if GPs cancel August and push back to September, then that July idea can just be rinsed and repeated in August. Okay. Well, no one's going to be going on holiday, are they? No. Next question is next question. Yep. Dive MX on Twitter. Said, where is the 2021 MXCN rumoured to be held? Oh, I hope it's America. Uh, Rumour is Majora. Oh, so. I do. I like Majora. We should have been there this past weekend. Really? Yeah. Do you really not know that? Are you really not like following along with where we would have been? No, not at all. I don't care. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, actually, on that note, every time there's been, like, on weekends like just gone where we would have been in Majora, I've been looking at the weather. For that yeah. place, just to see what we would have had. Had the season run as it was meant to, we would have had a very wet MXGP season so far. Really? Yeah. Because didn't we have a murder in Majora about three years ago? That was 2015, but not just Majora. Because the weekend before that, we would have been in France and there were thunderstorms in St. John on both days. Wow. Uh, Spain, that weekend, I think there was rain there. Portugal, I think, was fine. Um, Trentino, I think, was rain. Like we would have had a wet MXGP season. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's not really damn, is it? We're not, we're just not racing at all. I'd rather have a wet one. Can you believe though that actually we're discussing about how you know how it'd be a wet season if they ran all the rounds in the UK? It'd have been sunny. Well, I wouldn't go that far. We've had sun for like two weeks. No, it's been, it's been sunny for like six weeks now. Do you not get a sun in Worthing? No, I don't know. I just I don't really pay attention. My office doesn't have any windows. I was going to say, do you just not go outside? I'm on lockdown. <laughs> what, by your mum? Yep. Um, no, I'm just obeying the rules. Uh, next question is Wade A. Rooney on Instagram said, November the 29th, TBA Argentina. I don't think that's TBA Argentina. I think that's just TBA. Because Argentina's November the 22nd. Anyway, uh, they put, just shoot over to Australia for a round. I would like that. Yeah, me too. I really want to go. But would you not think that the coronavirus situation, the countries that are proposed for the future, like uh, Australia, the Middle East has been talked about, Kuwait has been talked about, um, stuff like that. I'd imagine that would make those even further out of reach. Well. It's, as I'm, as you're saying that, I'm kind of thinking that a lot of these countries are going to be looking to bounce back and trying to generate some income into their into their countries and, and, and try and get their economy up and going as soon as possible. And what better way than actually sporting events which generate money for you know uh, hotels, the hotel industry, uh, food. You know, well, that that goes along with um the governor of Utah getting Supercross up and going. There's no fans, but there's a fair amount of money to be had from teams, riders. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot to be said, actually. If um, with, with not, not just motocross events, but like all events, the, the amount of money it generates um, for those, you know, states, uh, towns, villages, cities or whatever, it's interesting, actually, that I could, act, I could actually see maybe more countries investing in holding sports events in the future, given what they've, they've been through. Maybe. Maybe they start to think we've actively got a market, our country, to, to get, you know, everything back up and going, especially tourism and, and so on. And, and MXGP literally ticks those boxes. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. But Australia, 100% would love to um, see that. It's the only country I've never been to that I want to go to. 
The only country you've not been to? That I want to go to. Oh, okay. But like the only one that's on my list of places I haven't been that I'd quite like to go to. Do, do you not want to go to Canada? No, Canada, as I said that, Canada is, Canada's kind of on my list. But then if I'm going to be that close to America, I think I'd just rather be in America. Nah, Canada's cool. I want to go to Canada. Anyway, next question. Uh, PWAS0706 on Instagram said, what's the name of the Dutch track that will, release, that will replace Volkswagen next year? Wasn't it Oss? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Oss. That one out of the bag, yeah. I remember now because I've seen, um, we done a video or something like that, didn't we, on MX Vice of the track that's going to be used. I don't think we did that, but... Oh, no, I was sent it, sorry. I was sent, I was sent, I was sent the information and a video of the, uh, of the track. Yeah, it looks good. It's done Dutch Masters and stuff like that in the past, so... Yeah. It'd be a shame not to go to Valkens Bar, it'd be a bit weird, but... I'm not that big a fan of Volkenswad anyway. I like the area of Eindhoven and stuff like that, but... Yeah. I don't know. Track isn't... Like, you can't really see anything. No. No. Right, next question. Chris United 93 on Twitter said, Are there any rivalries you feel the sport missed out on due to injuries or poor career decisions? Pastrana versus Carmichael seems to be a massive what-if from the early 2000s. Yeah, that's a good one. Um... Um, but the Pastrana Carmichael thing's a massive one. And off the top of my own, off the top of my head, I can only think of like year by year ones. So like um we missed out on Caroli and Villapoto due to injury. That was only gonna be a one year thing, but that's still that's one we great. missed out on. Uh, you could even you could even say uh Herlins and Caroli to an extent, because had Herlins not had those injuries, he would have got in MXGP sooner and we would have had more of that and when Caroli was at a younger age as well. What else off the top of my head? Have you got anything, James? Anything to add? Anything no, at all? I think you've answered um, the ones which I would have. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think if there's any from uh, the the 80s, early 90s, but um, but no. I'll tell you what. Because of injury, we only had one season of. Um, Carmichael versus Stewart indoors. Yeah. So had they, had Bubba not got injured that first year, we would have at least had two of those. Yeah. I'm I'm spending too long thinking off the top of my head. So. Yeah. I, for me, it's kind of it's just a shame that was it was it in two sixteen that he kind of bowed out James Stewart. Uh. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. I think it's just a shame that like those. That last year, we were kind of um, like what could have been. I don't think that was just that last year. That was for a while. Yeah, yeah, but but obviously there was a, a there was things going along behind the scenes which I'm not privy to or any you know or anything else. So, um, yeah, I think that's just a shame that. Yeah, re- regarding rivalries, I think you've said most of them, which is, you know, Hurdens being injured, and Crowley, which was you know, when he was going as well as he was going and injury-free. Yeah. What else have we got here? Last question, and I've, I put this in for one reason and one reason only. Aaron Azza22 said, do you think Jet Lawrence will be a future contender in the 450 class or even dominate? And the reason I put this in is this just proves the clout that Jet has in the world. In what way? Well, no one else is asking these questions about any other 250 riders. Jet's done three supercrosses and three outdoors or something. And everyone's already talking about that. Yeah, but there is definitely something special about him. In this, it, and, and that goes back to when he won that EMX race, when he was, what, 14? You can, still, you can still have that conversation about Sexton or any of the 250 guys, but everyone's talking about Jet in that way because the Jet Lawrence phenomenon is massive at the moment. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it, he is huge at the moment. And rightly so. And I think um, his agent, Lucas Myrtle, is getting him kind of in the right places as well. And that's helping. I think he's recognised the kind of market that's there. Um, any news on his brother returning? Yeah, he's going to do Salt Lake City. Excellent. So that'll be good to see where he is. Yeah, that'll, that'll be um, something to tune in for. He'll be doing the first one as well because he'll be east. Okay. So the both um, brothers on different coasts. 
Yeah, until the last race, obviously, when there's an East-West shootout. Oh, that'd be interesting. And actually, you say both brothers on different coasts, but they'll both be on the same coast because they'll both be in Utah, just in different races. Yeah. Because East Coast is very much not East Coast. Um, but yeah, and this goes back to my point, because no one's saying this about any GB riders. Because no one in no one's got that clout. No, when you think of the next generation of riders, was it Cater Wolf? Um, yeah, I, well, this is this goes back to what I said. I feel like there's arguably more hype and interest around those riders than there are current MX2 riders. And actually, yeah. I'll finish on this note because I meant to say this last week. Do you want to know what really grinds my gears? Oh, tell us, Lewis. Whoever runs, and I don't know who it is, whoever runs Yago Gertz's social media is killing his reputation as this young athlete. Why? What are they doing? Just murder well no it's just like it up now quickly and i know that i won't have to find work hard to find an example so a fan his most recent post a fan made him a art painting thing or something and Yago gertz obviously not Yago gertz posted this beautiful craft work like who's who's saying that no one's no riders are calling uh art someone's drawn you a picture or whatever saying this beautiful <laughs> artwork um <laughs> If I go down, uh, so he got interviewed by the local news uh, when he went riding on five days ago. This is how this, every single post is terrible. Um, so this is quite a big thing. He's been interviewed by the local news. He could really drum up some kind of hype around him from his followers because it makes him seem like a big deal. Uh, the caption, today, the regional channel RTV was present at my motorcycle training. Would you want me to go on? <laughs> no, no. So uh, if, if he's listening to this, then, um, yeah, maybe sack who's ever um, who's updating your social. Yesterday, I trained on the track of Gink in, my new, in the new Troidy design colours. Do you think there's a loss, loss in... Uh, loss Yesterday, in VRT News was present <laughs> at my first motor training. Uh, you're going to carry on, aren't you? Even after we finish this show, you're still going to be sat there looking at him. So everyone, so he did a colouring competition. And so people could download the photo and then colour it in and win a prize. Yeah. And the, the caption is, there's, uh, the next post, the caption is, additional photo with my signature for all participating children. Because my initiative has encouraged so many children to participate. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, when we ran Max Anstey's social media uh, two years ago, we put, I put so much effort, we put so much effort into making the captions, A, make him come across as a cool person, and B, sound like him. I can't imagine that Gertz is sat there going, yes, my initiative has encouraged so many children to participate. <laughs> I don't know who does it either, which is weird, because I, like, I kind of know what most people do. I don't know who Well, no one's going to admit it now, are they, after you've just... No, I'd imagine past. not. No. Like, Gertz is, Gertz is a young, like, up-and-comer, winning GPs, battling for the world championship, and that just makes him sound like he belongs in a nursing home. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is the oldest monster athlete ever. <laughs> and on that massive disappointment... <laughs> okay, let's, let's wrap it up for today. <laughs> Huge thanks to all our sponsors, Seven, Talon, Yoko, Props, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Evenstrokes.com. It's a smaller show uh, today, only an hour long, but we appreciate you kind of uh, persevering with us as we were talking about what grinds Lewis Gears and just bringing you any and little insights into what we can see happening behind the scenes. On that note, we'll be back next week. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat.
protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show.